Check, 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 check. Okay, this is going to be a bit different of an episode. Um, so today, um, today is going to be one of those solo episodes that I do periodically because, um, it is Nikita's birthday. So, um, she's got, she's got the day off and we, I just wanted to, you know, go ahead and put something out. There's been a lot of, a lot of, uh, nerd news that's been coming out over the past, past couple weeks that's been, uh, been, been pretty interesting. So, We've got um, Kevin Feige announcing that they have, um, I didn't really understand this actually, they've either been drawing up or it has been drawn up, but the next 10 years of Marvel movies. Um, so they, <laughs> it, we're getting to the point now where we're announcing announcements. Um, Alright, cool. So yeah, we're getting to the point now where we are um, announcing announcements, and I mean, it's I give it a hard time, but it, it's fun. It, it's kind of, it's fun. I mean, you get excited about stuff, you know, like friggin' 10 years out, you know what I mean? Like, um, and I kind of, you know what, like I've kind of softened my stance a bit on, on things like this. I used to be very, very much like, oh, there's nothing here. Like then why are we even announcing it? But it's fun to get excited about stuff, so I kind of get why they would do why why they would do this, you know. Um, I still think it's a bit silly, but it is kind of fun. Um, I'm hoping that we can get a lot of Fantastic Four. That would be fun. I'm really, really hoping for X Men, and I've been seeing a lot of you know recastings, a lot of things that are kind of kind of interesting as far as you know. Um, should Zac Efron play Wolverine? Should you know? Who should play Cyclops? Who should play Jean Grey? What stories are they gonna do? I think the hardest part about doing X Men is that you have, like, what nine X Men movies already, or something crazy like that. You have a bunch of X Men properties already, and people really, really love, um, people really, really love Hugh Jackman Wolverine, but at the same time, with the way that they ended that story with Logan, I kind of hope they don't cast him as Wolverine. Um, I think it's okay to give, especially with the Marvel movies, I think it's okay to give other people a shot. It would be fun to have, like, one of those cute little nods that they do, you know, as far as, you know, maybe, maybe with all the multiverse stuff they're doing, too, I think it might be fun to maybe, you know, throw them in, throw them into a scene or two. Um, but... I'm 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 excited to see what they do with this. I think that you're seeing so if as a as a comic book fan, you had, you know, X-Men and Fantastic Four was kinda like your building blocks. Those were like your staples, right? And um it's kinda like not having, you know, bread or milk. And then they've been making this amazing food without bread and milk for like twenty years. I don't know, like ten years. And now that they have bread and milk, it's like, okay, well, what are you gonna do with it? So I've I've kind of been of the theory that you can't you can't um you can't really expect too much out of the Marvel movies on the first go because they have to introduce everybody, you know. So I, I feel like the second movie is usually when they pick up. So I'm talking your Captain America two, your arguably, you know, your your Spider Man two, um not Thor 2 at all. Thor 3 was actually when that got good. So, I mean, it's not like one for one, a perfect every single time. It's always the second movie. But 
you kind of had Iron Man as that gold sta- gold standard of first movies, and then you had you know Captain America was probably the best movie sequel of that of everything. Um, I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy two as well. I liked it more than the first one, and I love the first one. So it's it's exciting to see how they're how they're going to do this. Um, so that's been announced recently. Um, also being announced. Uh, the Batman is getting a sequel, which is, we expected that, right? Like, we all kind of knew, it's an amazing movie, don't get me wrong, but we kind of knew that that was going to get a sequel. Batman seems to be one of the few DC properties that DC can actually do very well every single time. Um, regardless of what you think about, you know, Batfleck or anything like that, I do think that they kind of were on the right track. But it also read as somebody who didn't really... Sometimes people try to change things that they don't need to. Um, And I think that the issue with, you know, the Snyder DC movies was that they kind of assumed that you knew a bunch of these things already. That's why I didn't really have an issue with, like, oh, Batman's killing people now. It's like, yeah, that's kind of how Dark Knight Returns went. You know, very, very similar there. But it seemed like they wanted to tell these stories that the comic books had been building for decades. And they wanted to tell them after, you know, two and three years to catch up to Marvel. So it looks like they're kind of done trying to catch up to Marvel. And they're just going to keep doing, just make dope shit and we'll watch it. Um, So what I've been saying for a while is, you know, get in. I want to see a Twilight reunion. So I wasn't a Twilight kid, you know, growing up. It was big when I was in high school. But it just was not my scene, you know. I was watching Blade, you know, when I was a, like a really, really, well, not really a little kid. But like, you know, the only vampires I really knew about was like Dracula and Blade. So Twilight wasn't really that, you know. And especially at the time, that was for girls, you know. So um, it's just a little bit different as far as, you know, what we were into. And a very, very different time for sure. But I'm kind of excited for the prospect of... A Twilight reunion. So obviously Robert Pattinson plays Batman. And what I've been saying is, you know, bring in Kristen Stewart as... A lot of people are saying Harley, but there's already a Joker. And I think we need to figure out the Joker first before we can figure out Harley. So I'm saying Poison Ivy. I think she'd fit really, really well as a Poison Ivy character. Um, Especially with... Spoiler alert for the Batman, just in case. It's on HBO. Go watch it if you get the chance. But... Especially with how these Batman movies are kind of grappling with the history of the Waynes and of Wayne Enterprises and how they've influenced Gotham. I think that you can tell a very, very interesting environmental story about the impacts of the industry of Gotham using Poison Ivy. So this was, you know, this first one was kind of like the social the social implications of a lot of things that the Wayne family did. Excuse me, I'll have to edit that out. Um, This seems more like the, you know, what I would like to see is kind of like the environmental. And maybe eventually you get into like, you know, the political things and just kind of like an all-in-all, you know, going over the history of Gotham using, you know, the Waynes. So I think it'd be very, very interesting to see what Wayne Enterprises has done, you know, did they tear down, you know, because, I mean, you look at American history, they tore down all sorts of things, you know, to make their towers and their cities, so, like, how did they, how did they make Gotham, you know, so, 
in the movie, spoiler alert again for the Batman, but if you watch the Batman, then they show that there's like a seawall around Gotham, and Gotham's basically like in a bowl. Um, it's kind of like new. It's almost like a mixture of New Orleans and New York. How new? How New Orleans is like in you know it's 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 below sea level. It's kind of how Gotham was, which was interesting. And there that there are aspects of that in the comics, especially if you read like No Man's Land, and I think a bit in like the Arkham games too, if I remember properly. Um, I think in the last Arkham game they talked about it a lot. So what I would like to see is you know maybe a Poison Ivy character t- talking about things like that, and the evolution of Kristen Stewart and how she acts now would be a really, really kick-ass way. You know, she she isn't that kind of helpless character that we've seen in movies like, you know, Twilight and stuff like that. She is a lot more independent. She is a lot more, like, she just doesn't... Her her persona in a lot of her movies is, like, she just doesn't give a shit. She does what she wants, you know? It's almost like a Lakeith Stanfield, kind of. So I think that would be a really, really good fit for her. And I was also, you know, looking at Taylor Lautner as Deathstroke. And I think that would really, really work because, you know, Bro's been out of movies, you know, big budget movies for a very long time now. I think the last big budget movie that I saw that he was in was like, not Transporter, but a movie like Transporter. You know, one of those like, oh, you got to save, you know, you got to save this hostage or whatever movies. It was was something like that. And so I think he'd really, really fit well as Deathstroke. So... If you're a little bit younger, then, you know, you might know him as Slade um, from, you know, the Teen Titans TV show. And I think that having a masked, silent badass that is trained in martial arts, you might get something really, really dope just by having Taylor Lautner. Like, if you just brought him in and you were like, hey, bro. All I want you to do is, you know, the martial arts that you were trained in. I think it was like a ta- uh, Taekwondo champion. So it's like, hey, man, all I want you to do is, is Taekwondo. You don't have to say anything. And then at the end of the movie, you unmask and you show that, you know, that's Taylor Lautner. I think that's kind of like your moment. You know, you're going to need a moment for a lot of these movies that, especially superhero movies, like, you know, the 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 announcement of, not the announcement, but the reveal of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield in the Spider-Man movies were kind of those, like, moments. And uh, I think you kind of need something like that for, um, for, for, for the Batman, too. And I think having Taylor Lautner and having that kind of, like, reunion of Twilight characters would be a really, really interesting dynamic for that new movie. So, with uh, other news that is coming out, um, oh, there's a Borderlands movie that was just announced at, uh, I think, CinemaCon? I think it was called CinemaCon. Let me look it up really fast. Um, I think it was CinemaCon. Borderlands movie. Cool. Um, yep, CinemaCon. Okay, so yeah, they announced it at CinemaCon, and... Part of me is super, super pumped, and another part of me is not excited for this movie at all. So, they've got really, really cool character or not characters, but they've got really, really cool people attached to it. So, they've got a, um, Eli Roth, who is going to be directing, and if you know anything about Eli Roth, that guy has done, you know, a lot of interesting takes on movies before as far as, um, I think he did... Did he do Hope with a shotgun? Let me look. I'm going to pull this up. 
sorry, let's see. Eli Roth, he did... Okay, so he's done a lot of horror stuff that I'm not a huge fan of. I'm not a big horror fan. But he's also done Inglorious Bastards, and he's done uh, Grindhouse, and he's done a couple of other things um, in, in that kind of arena. You know, a lot of gory, violent horror. Um, but, he, like I said, he's also done other things, like, like I said, Inglorious Bastards. And I think that this would... Oh, yeah, he didn't know. He was the producer of Man at the Iron Fist. I love that movie. Um... So, yeah, I think that, you know, he, he obviously knows his action, and he has more of a horror take, but if you've ever played Borderlands, it's not really a horror game at all. It, it's very straight-up action. There's some horror-ish elements as far as, like, some of the character, or, uh, as far as some, like, the enemy design and things like that, but for the most part, it's, 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 it's an action game, you know? It's a straight-up shooter game, and it's a lot of fun. It's one of my... One of my favorite games, but it has a very distinctive style. It's a cell shaded comic book style that's very, very loud and very, very like when you see that 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 style of game, it's very synonymous with Borderlands. You know exactly what you're getting. Um, so I kind of wonder how they're gonna translate that, but they've got some interesting pieces here. They've got the dude who played uh, Victor Drago is going to be Krieg. Oh, that's a great choice, actually, for Krieg. Bobby Lee, okay. I'm not the hugest fan of Bobby Lee, but he does some good stuff. Um, Kate Blanchett's going to be in it. And also, what was a very interesting... Oh, wow, Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be in it? All right, hey, this movie might be really good, actually. But the interesting part to me is uh, you've got you've got Kevin Hart and Jack Black in it as well. And I think the only, the hard thing with guys like Kevin Hart and Jack Black are that when they've been stars in movies for so long, or if they did have to share, it was like an ensemble cast, you know, obviously Kevin Hart works a lot with The Rock, and Jack Black had a lot of stuff where, you know, he was kind of a, a, a participant in the movie as far as, you know, maybe a supporting actor or... He had a lot of good good actors to bounce off of. So I kind of wonder what how they're gonna do this. Um I especially Kevin Hart. I mean, we've seen Jack Black take comedic roles in a serious way, like School of Rock, when you watch that, he's doing pretty well as far as a straight up acting job, but Kevin Hart is a very, very interesting one because we haven't really seen him in a straight up not dramatic, not necessarily dramatic, but we haven't seen anything that isn't really a comedy by him. Um, and this sort of movie is either going to go really, really poorly or really, really well having him. So, um, he's going to be kind of in the, oh, he, oh, he has worked with Jack Black before. Okay. Well, that's interesting. Um, sorry, I'm, uh, fact-checking as I'm, you know, as I'm, as I'm saying this, this is kind of a, like I said, it's a different kind of episode. So, seeing Kevin Hart doing things like that, he, this is going to be kind of a Jumanji role for him, uh, which I think he could actually, if he kind of stays in what the character's supposed to do, and who Roland is supposed to be, I think he might smoke this. Now, if these guys... 
start kind of doing their own thing, that's when I think this movie could be in trouble. But um, Eli Roth can direct. He's he's made some good stuff. He's had some big stars before. I mean, Inglorious Bastards had like, geez, there was like twelve people in that movie that you know all had like major ish parts. So, I mean, if you're gonna look for a guy to do an ensemble action movie, you you can do a lot worse than Eli Roth. So. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, I'm hoping that this movie is as good as it should be. Borderlands is one of those games that's very, very simple, but I mean, people mess up video game movies all the time trying to complicate them when I feel like the hardest part of, you know, making a video game movie would actually be cutting everything down, right? I mean, you take a game like Red Dead Redemption, that's like a 40, I think it's like a 60 hour game. And having to cut that down to a two and a half hour movie you know if the studio even lets you get a two and a half hour movie off that's hard and not everybody can do that it's a tough it's a tough gig so um hopefully hopefully it's good a lot of the things i've been hearing out of CinemaCon are that you know this is it, it's a good time and i think number one first and foremost that's what it's got to be it can't be a movie that's it can't be a movie that is trying to like reinvent the wheel just make it a good time. Just make it an entertaining movie. That's really all you need to do for these sorts of movies. You know, I'm not looking for a Dunkirk. I'm not looking for, you know, a meditation on what it means to be a soldier or anything like that. I'm looking for a movie adaptation of a video game that prides itself on having one bazillion guns. <laughs> so... That's kind of, you know, that, that that's kind of how I feel about that. Alright, I think that's all the major news that's come out. I don't think we have anything else crazy. Let me look. I think that was mostly it. It wasn't really... Um, I would love to talk about wrestling right now, but I have not watched New Japan's Wrestling Dentaku yet, so... Oh, yeah, we should probably talk about that. So Netflix has animated or has canceled a lot of their animation coming up. Um, so Bone is not getting... Man, I, I really want to see how they're going to do Bone. So Bone is not going to get an adaptation. Uh, let me see what else. Netflix cancel. Yep, cool. There it is. All right, so... Whoa, Space Force got canceled. I'm very surprised that they canceled Space Force. I'm actually really, really surprised by that. Um, so, yeah, there's no more Netflix animation. So we're going to lose... Ah, oh man, all these sites, man. Okay, they might have it. All right, so Hentified has been canceled. Cooking with Paris has been canceled. Stranger Things has been canceled canceled it says I wonder if that's canceled or just hasn't been picked up because I thought Stranger Things was over Raising oh, that sucks Raising Dion was canceled and Space Force was canceled um and there's no more Netflix animation which is extremely unfortunate um while wow, they're updating this daily. That's crazy. Yeah, all right, cool. So here's the animation one. So we are losing Bone, 
we're losing a road doll road yeah road doll adaptation and looks like a lot of stuff from the kids and family section but what I'm wondering now is like are we gonna lose the Netflix anime because we've got Tekken coming out later this year we've got presumably the next season of King and Ashura the next season of um, uh, what's that show that we were watching called Record of Ragnarok so presumably those would be I mean is that separate I don't know. I actually don't know how that how that's going to work, but hopefully we don't lose those. Netflix has been this very interesting cross-section of anime because, I mean, we and me and Nikita have talked about this before, so it's not really about, you know, about the big guns for their anime. They're going to do smaller shows for their anime, so, I mean, obviously Tekken's a big one, right? And same with Castlevania. Those are massive video game properties, but that was kind of a big, you know, they gave Castle, I don't think we talk about this enough, that, like, Castlevania was, like, a big deal, you know? Like, that's a big shot to take that they just, like, tried. Um, you look at Castlevania, look at Adi Shankar hadn't really been, he hadn't really been a commercial darling, I'll say. Um, I, I like his stuff a lot. I like a lot of the bootleg universe a lot. His Power Rangers is very good. His Punisher is excellent. His Venom is excellent. Dread is Dread's good. I like Dread. Um, so he's done a lot of really, really cool stuff like that. But it just didn't hit as far as sales go. So it was a little bit surprising to see like Castlevania, which is a game that hadn't had a new a series that hadn't had a new game in like fifteen years gets picked up by a producer who hadn't made a commercial smash. I mean, he's he's got a lot of cult classics, which is cool, which I'd almost rather have anyway, if I'm being honest. But he didn't he didn't really have like that's me. Hang on. Um he didn't really have that commercial you know, that commercial smash that most people really, really want. Um, again, which, not a criticism, not meant to be a criticism at all. It's just a bit of a surprise that they took such a risk on this. And, and Brody, they nailed it. They absolutely nailed it. Um, got me into the series. That's one of my favorite anime series. I mean, American anime, you know, up there with, like, uh, what else? Boondocks and um, Avatar. But, yeah, Castlevania was excellent. I was a big fan of Castlevania, so... I'm hoping that they don't lose that. I'm hoping that we get to see a bunch of, you know, more weird stuff from creators. Um, obviously, we're in the middle of doing uh, Super Crooks right now. And Super Crooks is one of those shows that is just, you know, kind of that off-the-wall anime that Netflix loves. So I'm hoping we don't lose that. But Netflix, there's a lot of very interesting things that it almost feels like this could be the beginning of the end, which would really, really suck. And if it's not the beginning of the end, I think that, I mean, and how many people have said this before about, you know, something needs to change. It, they were interesting because they were at first, you know, just simply another middleman like Blockbuster. And then you had certain shows going off like um, House of Cards and Ozark and all these things like that, that, you know, kind of blew Netflix into the next level. 
and then everybody else started doing you know their own um, original programming Hulu did and but now Hulu's got to deal with FX so Atlanta's coming on Hulu you know I think like same day or maybe next day and you've got a lot of shows like that on other platforms obviously Disney's coming out with you know how are you gonna beat Star Wars and Disney and Marvel and 20th Century Fox and all these things that they own so I wonder if Netflix, if Netflix doesn't change, then they're, they're done. There's not much they can do left. But if Netflix, what I'm, what I would like to see from Netflix is them to kind of be the go-to for foreign films, definitely in America, but in maybe in every market, you know, maybe, maybe you do mid-level American shows and put them on in, you know, on UK Netflix. Maybe you do the same, you know, I would love to see kind of Korean dramas and British crime shows and, you know, stuff like that. I would love to see, you know, Money Heist and Peaky Blinders and Squid Game. And I mean, those are some of the biggest shows on Netflix. None of them are American. Maybe you just keep doing that. You know, maybe you just kind of focus on, hey, we're going to distribute international stuff to all of our markets, you know, so... Maybe here you don't necessarily do something huge and crazy like, you know, you don't have Friends or Seinfeld, you know. Obviously, they already have it, but maybe you don't focus on that. Maybe you focus on doing like a, I don't know, um, something, you know, a little bit a little bit on that, you know, smaller level as far as, you know, production-wise. Not necessarily quality-wise, but definitely production-wise. Maybe you do more things similar to like a community um you know, obviously it's going to be hard to lose things like The Office and Friends and things like that, but do something like uh, Community and, well, I guess Community can't really do because NBC, but maybe you just kind of focus on things that aren't, per, that aren't owned by NBC Universal or Disney or Warner Brothers Discovery or any of these other big media conglomerates. I feel like that's kind of the way that Netflix should be going. Um... Oh, HBO, Warner Brothers. Yeah, that's like a crazy merger. HBO, Warner Brothers, Discovery, NetherRealm, all this, all this stuff. Um, oh, you know what? Last thing. So, I, I I'm, I'm very excited because I really, really want to talk about this. This is actually, this movie is actually the whole reason why I'm doing the solo podcast this week. So, watched uh, Nicolas Cage's new movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. And I was thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly entertained. So there's a lot of, I don't want to spoil it. I really, really don't because it's definitely, 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 definitely worth your time, right? It's, it's, it, you should definitely watch it. But I, and, and I've talked about this for a lot of movies that the most entertaining thing to me that you can possibly do in your movie is have fun in your movie. And so what I mean by that is, you know, if you look like you're enjoying your movie, it doesn't even have to be that great to me. That energy is going to translate across the, you know, across the screen. Fast and Furious definitely has that kind of thing. Um, Spider-Man No Way Home had that for most of the movie. I mean, that was a good movie, but 
uh, Mortal Kombat, the new Mortal Kombat movie, definitely had that. Uh, the Man with the Iron Fist definitely has that. Just so many movies that are out there that you have a sense of like, oh man, they really, really enjoyed making this. And this is one of those movies that definitely, definitely, definitely fits that mark. Um, I would, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. There's a lot of, <laughs> it's fun too, because you look at a guy like Nicolas Cage and he's kind of built this reputation for himself as like, oh, he's the weird guy, you know, but there's a lot that, you know, he, that broken act, man, broken, really, really act. And me and my brother had this conversation very long time ago and he kind of turned me on like, you know. Hey, are you more interested in the guy that's like a proven draw every single time? Or is it more interesting to see the guy who is going to, you know, challenge himself and pick the weird thing, you know? Like, I think he made a movie last year, like two years ago, where he didn't speak a single line in the movie. And I don't think, you know, there's a ton of people willing to take that risk. So, hell, if that's what, if that's what he wants to do and he wants to keep challenging himself, I say go for it. I, I... He definitely turned, my brother definitely turned me on how I felt about Nick Cage. And this last movie, this last movie, if you aren't a Nick Cage fan, and it, this doesn't turn you into a Nick Cage fan, nothing will. But if you do enjoy this movie, which I think a lot of people will, there's a lot of good stuff in here. There's a lot of good acting in here too. You got Pedro Pascal, you've got a couple other people I've never seen before. Um, uh, Tiffany Haddish is in it, and there's... Another guy who I've seen in so many movies before, and I cannot remember his name, and part of me wants to just not post it, <laughs> or not say it. Let me, let me see if I can find this guy. Um, let's see, give me one second, guys. Ike Barinholtz. Oh, that is his name. Yeah, that's, that's him. He was in Eastbound and Down. He was in uh, Sisters. What else have I seen him in? Okay. Neighbors. I do remember him in Neighbors, actually. Um, so he's been in a lot, a lot of like spoof. Oh, Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, that was him. He was the he was the uh, warden in Suicide Squad. That's who that guy is. Oh, and, and Disaster Artist. And Neo Yokio. All right, so he does a lot of, you know, a lot of voiceover work, a lot of smaller roles, but, hey, man, he did a lot of good stuff in here. A lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff in here. Um, and he's from Chicago. Shout out to Mance. Um, yeah, no, this was definitely a movie, a movie well, well worth your time. It was a really, really, again, just a fun movie, something that was very... <laughs> I love that, you know, people are asking, like, hey, is this movie real? It's like, no, it's, it, hey, this movie exists. Uh, this movie definitely, definitely, definitely exists. So, um, yeah, I, 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 you, ah, man, again, I don't want to spoil it, and I kind of want to wait for Nikita to come back before I even talk about it a little bit, um, <laughs> but I know that she hasn't seen it yet, so I'll probably have to wait for another, like, two weeks or something like that, um, I will say this, though, and this is kind of where we'll end off. Just something really, really quick. But this might have the 
best shirts in a Hollywood movie so far. Um, yeah, Pedro Pascal and Nick Cage are so much fun together. And just the way that they act and the way that they talk to each other seems very legitimate. Pedro Pascal, if he hasn't already, through Kingsman and Narcos and um, The Mandalorian, is going to make himself a fucking star off this movie. And he definitely deserves that. I mean, the dude is absolutely... Absolutely. Just... <laughs> the guy smokes it, man. Guy absolutely, absolutely, absolutely smokes it. So, um... I think that'll be it. I, yeah, there's not really a ton. Like I said, just kind of, you know, quick updates. and Yeah, I don't really... Not a ton to do, mostly. Uh, I'm, I'm going to keep it real. My mic stand broke the other day, so I had to buy a new mic. And I really just want to make sure that everything worked uh, for when Nikita comes back, whatever that may be. So, um, hey, make sure to go wish her a happy birthday. Um, and thank you guys for, for listening. Peace.